Hey, 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 Changemaker! So it's Zina here and I want to present to you our newest podcast episode. So this time our guest is Dave Raus. He's the founding CEO of Carbon Click. And Carbon Click is a platform from um, New Zealand and they um, yeah, offer offsetting uh, services for businesses but also um, for private people. And um, in this podcast episode, we discussed with him multiple options on how you can use um, offsetting to minimize your carbon emissions um, or basically your carbon footprint and what are the benefits um, for it for your business how you can even use it to engage with your community but um, we don't only talk about uh, carbon emissions and your carbon footprint and offsetting because uh, Dave is also like he's a really really interesting um, person and um, carbon click is not the first social enterprise uh, that he founded um, so he basically has a very long history already of um, founding and running social enterprises, social businesses. He had a few very successful exits in the past. So he has a shit lot of knowledge um, about this topic. He's going to share uh, some really actionable tips, especially around the topic of how to find investors and what is really important when uh, finding and negotiating with investors. He will share with you why it's uh, <laughs> why it can be helpful to fail fast and yeah that failing actually is not really failing um because they yeah when they started their business it was shortly before um our current global pandemic and yeah uh, covid kind of destroyed their first business case or the their first target market they were aiming for and yeah instead of giving up they acted fast and came up with a solution he's going to tell this story in this podcast episode as well so yeah, enjoy it. It's amazing. And if you want to join us live next time, because as you already know, our podcast episodes are always the recordings of our For Changemakers Lunch Club. And our For Changemakers Lunch Club is happening live every uh, two Wednesdays, um, 12.30 p.m. Um, Central European time. And you can sign up for it on our website for changemakers.com slash lunch club. And we are more than welcome, uh, sorry, we are more than happy to welcome you next time live. And why should you join us live? Um, because you have the opportunity to engage with other amazing change makers. You can ask our guests um, questions directly. And yeah, so you can increase your learning experience. So um, that's it. Enjoy the episode and have a great time. get started you know and i will announce now our guest for today he's a very 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 special guest uh well with Tina, we are always you know looking for ways on how we can add value to all you guys in our community and uh well it doesn't matter in which part of the world they are uh, we will bring them in you know in this case we're coming we're bringing in dave rose he is the ceo of carbon click uh, this is a platform connecting businesses and individuals to projects that are fighting climate change. So companies can actually use carbon click services to engage with the customers uh, with the carbon offsets during the purchasing experience. So he will he will be sharing a little bit of more of that as well. So uh, Dave, uh, he is from New Zealand and he's born, you know, like an eco warrior and uh, he, he has some Maori cultural he heritage as well. Uh, the thing that's very interesting is that he grew up in a world where sustainability and working in harmony with land were absolutely something common, you know, to the wider community. And uh, what's interesting as well is that he started his entrepreneurial journey straight after the university. And by the time that he was 30, he has own variety of sustainable businesses and had multiple successful exits. So we are talking here about somebody that is doing business in a sustainable way. So uh, now actually what he's doing today, what he's today in, in investing and uh, mentorship, other men doing mentoring to other businesses. And he's also the CEO of Carbon Clicks. Uh, and uh, well, he, he joined Carbon Clink as the founder CEO and uh, yeah, he's part of this and we'll be talking about uh, a bit uh, about that today as well. So uh, without further ado, Dave, welcome to the For Change Maker Show, Lunch Club. Thanks. 
Thanks very much, uh, Fernando and Sina, and hi everybody uh, from from all around the world, from uh, down in New Zealand. Awesome, yeah. Well, I, I think right now it's like twelve thirty midnight there. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're we're we're, <laughs> we're taking some some time of your sleep. So anyway, I'm just super grateful and thank you very much for taking the time, especially at this time of of, of your time zone that you are right now uh, here in Europe. You know, we are all having our lunch break, uh, but <laughs> you're having a break from from sleep. So thank you very much for for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. I, I work funny hours because we're, you know, we've got uh, fantastic clients all over the place. So I just uh, pick and choose my nights that I'm going to get full sleep and pick and choose my uh, nights that I'm going to um, do things like this. So um, it's an absolute pleasure. Great, great, awesome. So thank you, thank you very much. So let's get started and uh, let's let's go, with, you know, with a very simple question. What is Cardboard Click? And if you can tell us a little bit, you know, uh, when it was born, why it was born, you know, a, a little bit of the story. Yeah, so, so Carbon Click's a software platform and system behind the software platform. It was born a couple of years ago and it was, well, actually closer to 18 months ago, to be honest. Um, and the, the reason it was born is to connect individuals who want to do good, individuals who want to make change with uh, really good uh, planet restoring projects that need funding. So the, one of the barriers around that was transparency and trust. And the, the original founders um, of Carbon Click that, that brought the idea to uh, an angel investment circuit, uh, they worked at uh, Air New Zealand and they worked, they built a carbon offsetting platform for you know, our national carrier. And that carbon offsetting platform, um, they, they got to see the inner workings, the failings, what worked well. And they learnt that one of the big barriers, why people didn't actually click that green button or the tick box when they're booking their flights is because they just didn't trust where the dollar was going or where the, where the money was going. So you've got all of these great projects on one side of the spectrum that need funding that, uh, that get funded by people clicking the little green button but you have a resistance of people that want to do good from actually clicking it because they think, you know, it's just profiteering by an airline, which it's not, but that's the perception in the market. Yes. So our, our guys came up with um, the start of Carbon Click's idea, which is build trust and transparency and an audit process into the core of the software so that every individual gets an independently verified receipt they can trace it right through to um, the, uh, for example, United Nations UNFCCC registry to see that their $2 has gone against that particular credit and it's on a public ledger so they can see uh, there's no double counting or, um, and they can see what fees have been deducted along the way, including any Stripe payment fees or, or anything. So, so they can see that, um, by, by far the majority of the money has all gone to the actual project. Um, and, and we work hard to make sure that it's not, uh, that we're not buying from brokers that are taking a huge margin or anything like that. We, we actually wanna see the impact of every dollar. And that's, that's really why Carbon Click was invented, uh, was, was to see this um, flow of funds go through to those uh, beautiful projects that need funding. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. Now, uh, you already mentioned this because you got started then with a strong focus on, on in the travel industry, with especially, specifically in this case with airlines uh, or an airport, you know, and helping them actually to offset their, their, their footprint. Now, we are in the middle of the, a global pandemic and the travel industry has been the one the most impacted. So I understand as well that you are pivoting right now and, and I, would, I would like to understand how, how that process went. You know, I think a lot of people listening to this right now, they have their businesses, they are looking for pivoting. How you make those changes and those decisions? Yeah, so obviously there was a bit of panic at the start. Um, we, we were in a really good position about this time last year. We hadn't quite finished building the technology and we'd already sold it to um, our first airlines and, and airports. 
Uh, and then and then when March came around, uh, we had all of our contracts cancelled, um, along with ma the majority of the people we were working with made redundant. So we had no chance of any continuity with those airlines or, or airports either. Um, the process that we went through after the initial panic was just to have a look at, you know, what other opportunities could we repurpose this platform for? It was ideally suited for airlines and airports because they know the carbon footprint of the product. Uh, so our calculator in the back end can apply the right amount of carbon offsets and dollar value to it. It's quite easy. Then we looked at some of the industries which were trying really hard to um, break away from old habits and they knew that they were having a big impact on the planet and one of them was fashion um, fashion and accessories and you look at all of the uh, problems and exposures that they're having in the market especially the big brands you know H&M um, for example has been uh, in, in the media quite a lot and called out over their greenwashing and so on so that presents a real opportunity for more sustainable brands but for those sustainable brands, how do you really um, connect with your customers when you only have the opportunity to present your product and tell a bit of a story? By putting a green button at a website where they get an independent verified receipt, um, that, that just helps a, in a small way another step to differentiate them from uh, competitors. Now, in, in that process, we looked at um, where are the problems in the market that are creating the most environmental damage and how do we help the good guys that want to um, do things right, that, that want to reduce their footprint, want to reduce the wider environmental impact, um, and can our platform help with that? So we looked at uh, where a lot of the more sustainable brands were. They were usually on platforms. Shopify was the most common one. So we built a plugin uh, for Shopify, which integrated to our core that we'd built. And we started there testing and measuring. And we found a really big uptake and predominantly fashion accessories, health, beauty. Um, but probably 60% of that market is, uh, was in the US and 60% of the um, market by category would have been fashion and accessories. So it, we landed in a fairly natural place just by getting the data of you know the first few hundred businesses that came on board uh, on, on that platform. Um, and mm. and it, we tried lots of other silly things along the way that didn't work. Uh, that didn't give us good results and they, they died a natural death. We just didn't focus on those industries. But I think you have to try a lot of uh, different things and you have, to, uh, you have to be prepared to fail fast. And um, the important thing around failing fast is having somebody to independently verify the data coming in because you might be passionate about something, but nobody else is. And if nobody else is passionate about that, then... Um, you know, you're going to view all of the data with rose-tainted glasses. You need somebody independent to help you um, assess that properly and make make those tough calls and say, look, there's no business in this area. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, th thank you very much. I think uh, right now from, from your answer, there's so much value because what if you have a business and, and you close, you know, like big contract, you're getting started, you're a startup, and then a pandemic is coming and all your contracts are canceled. Like, what do you do? And they just gave us, you know, like a fantastic answer on the real world, something that happened, like a real business case. And they, what they did, well, they, they, they got into panic. Yeah, that happened. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But after that, okay, we need to try different things. What other industries can benefit from our products and services? You know, and, and I can see as well that you develop a plugin. So, so you started developing different things in order to serve the different markets, you know, out there with your product and service. So you started adapting, you started trying different things. Well, clearly you just said, you know, in your example that some of those things were definitely silly and didn't work. Well, doesn't happen, doesn't matter. We fail fast. And the ones that are working well, we continue with those. So uh, anyway, thank you very much for, for this answer because I am I'm, I'm really very passionate about these real world examples and the, from the current economy, from the current market. And, and I think this is just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this, Dave. 
<clears throat> now, um, continuing uh, with, with, with this, I, um, uh, what advice uh, uh, would you give, you know, to, to uh, um, a part of like failing fast? Uh, do you have any other tip or recommendation for somebody that is looking for, for pivoting? Yeah, absolutely. Don't. I, I wouldn't do it alone. I would uh, make sure you've got uh, a soundboard uh, that can keep you um, hold you to account. Um, but also, I would make sure that you've done uh, done your homework. So do the market validation. Don't do it yourself. Get some independence to help you with market validation. Have a look at a bit of a gap analysis. So, you know, you might be selling shoes and so nobody wants shoes anymore. They want socks. Well, what experience and what technology have you got that you can repurpose? Um, and, you know, are you trying to sell socks now that look like shoes or actually, <laughs> you know, because you're still hanging on to something from the past or are you actually moving with where the market is, um, has got a demand? Um, that, that gap analysis is really important because you can match up, you know, what you've already got because you want to extract value out of that. There's, um, you know, there's no point in throwing away something that can be repurposed, um, but not to the detriment of what you're trying to produce at the other end. And you, you absolutely need to be laser focused on what the future looks like. Um, and effectively liquidate what you can out of uh, what's already there. Got it. Do, do you have an example uh, on how to how to conduct this gap analysis, or what are the things that you're looking for? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the gap analysis, I, I would normally um, run a a bit of a, a matrix. Um, you know, like a just use Excel or Google Sheets, um, and all of the um, features all of the assets all of the components that you've got uh, that you've got a lot of value in all of the ip that you've got that you've got a lot of value in i would list them down on on one side and then have a look at what your market research has told you as to what's required on the other side and just just line up you know some of those things may be more expensive to adapt in repurposing than it is to um, start again Software is, is a big issue like that because it's often cheaper to build um, from scratch um, on a new low-code platform or using new code libraries than it is to try and adapt old uh, code to a, to a new purpose. Mm. Um, and and there'll be lots of different business examples uh, around that, but just, just keeping it simple, you're not trying to, you, you don't have to follow a, um, a Harvard format for a gap analysis or anything like that, although all of those templates are available. Um, I, I just keep it really simple and really high level. I try not to get too lost in the details when I'm making these decisions, but, but I do get others to go down into the details um, in due diligence before I press go on anything. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for that answer. Now, uh, something that was very, very interesting to me when I was doing the research for this interview, I found out that CarbonClick have this very interesting business model. So on one side, it's a B2B business. On another side, it's a B2C business. Uh, on another side, is this mix between like B2B, B2C. Uh, can, can you maybe, you know, briefly explain uh, uh, this whole business model, you know, how this, how they work together uh, and, and how you came up with this? Yeah, absolutely. So the core, at the core of it, uh, it's B to B to C, which means we're adding the tick box onto the website or the green button onto the websites of your business so that your customers can then add offsets. So that's, that's the core of it. But the customer journey um, around that, you know, they need an independent receipt. So we have to build an account module so that they can view all of the cumulative offsets and, um, and track and trace them and all that. So we've already got to build another piece of technology there to provide a really good user experience at the back end of it. And the repurposing of that is that we can have people subscribe to do offsets. Um, we can, we've put a simple calculator in there so people can understand what their footprint is and, and really engage that audience. And, and that becomes a B2C play, but we don't market as a B2C company. Um, it's just almost accidental that people who 
um, come through and have clicked the green button to offset somewhere, often ask, um, hey, can I, uh, can I do more? This is really cool. Um, so, so that B2C direct consumer um, offset offering through a subscription model, we've got all of our customers uh, just as an incidental sale, as a, as a second bite of the cherry, so to speak, which is great because it costs us no marketing. We can do it on a low margin um, and, and it um, is repurposing technology that we already had to build. So that creates a lot of value for, for both us and for um, the projects that, that we're supporting. And then on the B2B side of things, those businesses that wanted to offer carbon offsetting to their clients, we have a checklist that they uh, need to follow. But the most important uh, thing is if they want to offer offsetting to their clients, we won't let them do it if it's greenwashing. Um, they, they have to actually be making sustainable changes in their business and they have to have a plan to reduce their carbon footprint in the first place and not just carbon, their wider environmental footprint, plastics and packaging and so on, um, that they need to be phasing all of that out. And we know that everybody can't go and just buy electric vehicles right now um, because they might have four-year leases and there might still be two years to run on it. But they just need to have those policies in places to say, hey, as, as we can do this, we will do this, we're committed to it. Um, and here's the evidence of what we're doing so far. So one of those um, areas that businesses struggle in is um, when they're an office type business, like an insurance company, um, they don't have control of all of the independent brokers that they're supplying. Um, they've already got LED lights and uh, efficient aircon systems what can they do to reduce their footprint further? Very little, but they want to be able to tell a story that they're doing more. So uh, in the B2B space, we say, right, well, you do have a carbon footprint that you can measure and you could offset that if you wanted to. Uh, you could get audited against that, audited against um, using um, ISO 14064 or 067. Um, or any number of standards. So that's, that's one thing they can do. And we can connect them to really good quality projects. Anybody can, there's, there's lots of suppliers doing that. But one area that businesses had reached out to us for is to engage their staff. So, you know, you guys might all be um, entrepreneurs and business owners, but it's hard to get your staff uh, who do a great job. It's hard to get them motivated to do their part for the environment as well. So um, by bringing in an employee engagement tool, um, we help businesses to bring their staff on that journey. And, and what that means is subscribing the staff to an offsetting um, subscription so that all of their employees are carbon neutral citizens. Mm. And we start with the basic calculator. So everybody, even, you know, old grandma who doesn't understand what this is all about can just see using simple sliders what are the in less than 60 seconds what's roughly her carbon footprint and what are the things that make that um, so that they can get that understanding of you know why have I got an impact um, and then we take them on the journey with tips and tricks and things and we uh, show them their cumulative impact as they go so that those employees can be more engaged and more aligned to the business's goals. So, so that business has actually had a, an influence over its reach of employees, which is quite a big impact um, when it comes to saving the planet. And, and secondly to that is that they can employ, attract and retain staff who are values aligned uh, to that. So they can show them, hey, look, on a monthly basis, they're getting a reminder from CarbonClick that all of these good projects are supported as a result of them working for this company. So, so that's, um, that's actually just at um, prototype stage at the moment. We've got a few businesses um, using that platform and, and they love it and it's making big differences. So we've, because of that data coming back, again, we've doubled down on that area as well. And we're releasing our MVP for it in about three weeks time which will then market wider if the data keeps coming back that 
um, this is easy for a lot of businesses, then we'll uh, go to our next um, uh, next advancement and uh, and then we'll really market it hard. Got it. Now, what's, what's interesting, I can see also like the B2B side is not only um, the offsetting services, kind of like, yeah, just give us the money and we will offset for you. It's also a lot of educational actually to the people, to letting them know why this is important, uh, uh, what's the impact that they are making through this, um, through this program. So there's a lot of also, I can see a cultural transformation within the company. I, I, it's, is that right? Yeah, that's that's right. And we don't um, uh, snob any company that's just at the beginning of the sustainability journey. We want everybody to be on the journey and everybody to be progressing along the journey. So um, we're, we're happy to take on beginners and just start them with the real basics. And we're happy to take on more advanced uh, companies and, and really power up their sustainability and see where we can add value to um, to what they're doing. <clears throat> excellent excellent thank you thank you thank you for that answer now it's it's clear um now before moving to the impact uh, i have one last question related to the business side and and a lot of uh, people in our community uh, they are in, in a startup phase where uh, they're looking for funding for investing and and i understand that carbon click was able to secure a lot of funding when they when when you got started um can you can you share with us how was that journey uh, of raising funding and what are the lessons you got out of the process um and what tips can you give you know to to startups or to young entrepreneurs that are looking for funding what what are the things to to be very aware uh it's a it's a very wide question it's like three questions in one uh but i just think that it's, it's really really interesting especially for from somebody who successfully did it yeah, I guess, I guess from my perspective, I had a real head start in this space because I was doing angel investing. In fact, that's how I came across Carbon Clickers. Uh, I have been trying to invest in um, people trying to do really good things that, that have the potential to have a big impact. Um, but so, so I found that the capital raise process is possibly a bit easier than, than people that have never done it before. But... I guess what, what investors are looking for, that they're investing in the people um, and, and an idea. They, you know, you can draw the hockey stick and they just expect to see a hockey stick, but they're never going to look at the numbers and believe you. They just want to see that you have a dream there. Um, what, what they really want to see is that the market validation is being done properly and that you've really got into the um, assumptions and proven out your assumptions and that you can um, answer them in a way that just makes common sense. So investors, you need to understand, I guess, that investors are looking at lots of different investments at the same time. Uh, they don't have a big attention span, so they'll only absorb 10% of what you're delivering to them. So you need to make sure that you're delivering the most impactful points and the most impactful takeaways on the first page and in the first probably 90 seconds. Anything after that dilutes the core messaging, so you want to keep it short and snappy when you're pitching and, uh, and you want to leave lots of room for questions, but at least end with reinforcing those most important points as well. Um, the, that doesn't speak for all investors, of course, but I, I would say that's if you draw a standard deviation curve, most of them would sit in that space if you're looking at angel investors, which is, which is probably at, at a startup level where uh, most are, are looking for. Mm. Um, the, the other thing is I would choose your investors really, really wisely. Um, I wouldn't take on any investors. Don't be uh, shy about saying no to ones that you don't think are well aligned. I would reference check your investors as well with other companies they've invested in. It, it should be a two-way interview, not a, not a one-way process. Um, otherwise, you tend to look desperate for money. Um, which you know, which which also is not not great. And investors don't mind if you ask them, "Can I have you know references from companies you've invested in as well?" It shows that you're thinking strategically and you're thinking long term and and you're thinking big picture, mm. um, and you and you're looking at considering them as a as a part of the business rather than just some dollars on a table. 
That's that's a really interesting tip. Thank you. Definitely. No problem. Uh, and, and anything else in the space that um, that I can help with? I mean, there's plenty of online resources uh, around this, but um, I'm totally happy to to share um, that from both sides of the fence. Yeah, make makes sense. The thing is that uh, I I do agree that there's a lot of information out there, but at the same time, it's a lot of noise. So uh, how you cut, you know, the noise from real signal, uh, that's, that's why I, I know that you have this experience. So that's why I wanted to really ask you. And, and I think you just gave, you know, the, the big perspective uh, in a very succinct way. So, so it's not necessary sometimes to make it so complex. Do your research, make sure that you have a, a valid idea, that you validated that with the market, make a good pitch, especially for the next, for the first 90 seconds. Uh, show the information, be prepared for the questions and make sure that you're looking as well for a partnership, make your due diligence as well from the best or don't accept anyone into your business. Uh, I, I think very, very simple things, but that's the beauty of this, I, I would say. Uh, when it's simple, it's understandable and then it's actionable. So uh, definitely super, super valuable your answer. Thank you. Now, I, I, would, I, I would probably just add to that one other thing is have a, uh, a data room, like have a shared Google file um, where you've logged everything in there. Investors want to see the tick boxes. They, don't, they won't necessarily go into it, but they'll want to open up your market validation piece and see that there's at least a one pager in there. If not more details, they'll want to see your financial modeling uh, the spreadsheet there. They, they just want everything organized and structured so that um, they'll probably click on it and pull one or two things out and dive deep on those one or two things. So they have to all be there and they have to all stack up, but um, it, they don't want to see everything. Got it. Now let's talk about something I love as well, that it's the impact. So let's Let's get you know uh, in, into that expertise that you have today with Carbon Click and what like what a business can do in order to reduce their carbon footprint and why in general it's actually difficult for a business to create their own offsetting feature. Um, that's again two questions in one. But what can we do and why it's so hard actually for us to go and do it ourselves? Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, the most important thing, of course, is reducing and, and having a plan to reduce. It's not offsetting. Um, offsetting is the second piece of the puzzle, which, which you address afterwards. Um, and obviously, some things are really easy to reduce and some things become uh, harder and harder. It's a, 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 you know, a model where you get a depreciating return or a um, exponentially um decaying return on, on investment for um, for what you reduce but offsetting is an important part to make up what can't be reduced and and that's where we help is we just want to make the offsetting part super easy and we want to verify that you're actually doing the reducing part as well because there, there won't be enough land to plant to um, to offset our way out of this climate crisis mm -hmm. and um, you know, and, and to provide all of the land and agriculture that we need as a human civilization to live sustainably on. So, so we actually have to make those reduction steps. Got it. And, and what are those steps for making the reduction? Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. So, so the steps in reduction um, just come from a, a business calculator. So there are a few business calculator tools uh, out there that, um, that will guide you through this process. But, and in fact, we're producing one in about six weeks time, it should be, it should be live. Uh, and that, that is by region. So we take into account how the energy is produced in each country. Um, so therefore what the impact of that energy is and so on and where you should be um, investing your um, reduction dollars. But that, and that, that's, on a case by case basis by country. So some country might, uh, might have predominantly coal generation, for example, um, uh, whereas uh, another country might have wind and hydro generation 100%. So in that case, you probably wouldn't focus too much on reducing your energy, you'd, you'd reduce other, other areas. Um, but looking at um, your life cycle analysis is really important um, if you're a product business. 
So where do your materials come from? Um, how far do they come? And where do they get distributed back out to? Are you in a sensible location um, to be doing that? Or does it make more sense for that business to be established closer to where the materials are gathered from and closer to where the market is, that sort of thing? That the, the big um, uh, assumptions around this um, change industry by industry so, for example, in the UK, in the tomato industry, um, they worked out that because of the energy uh, consumption required uh, to, uh, to keep the uh, tomatoes at a certain temperature and so on um, in the winter and to chill them in the uh, summers and so on, uh, they found it was more energy intensive than growing tomatoes in Spain and shipping them to the UK. Um, so factoring all the travel and logistics uh, still was more environmentally friendly growing tomatoes in Spain than it was trying to produce them in the market that they're in. So there's a bit of analysis has to go in the product lifecycle analysis uh, right from materials through to your end market. But, but that's a, a major piece and it shouldn't just be about carbon, it should also be about the amount of plastics and, uh, and other materials that go in that, um, that may even get dispersed along the way. You know, can you use different materials um, to produce the same, uh, same goods that you're producing? Can you run a lean manufacturing um, methodology to reduce wastage? Um, and can you, you know, in the food industry, for example, what can you do with food waste? Uh, there are a number of things you could uh, compost and get the biogas and, and use that, or you could look at uh, reducing wastage in the first place. You could look at um, whether there are social um, repurpose options, like in the bear industry in New Zealand, um, uh, bear crackers are quite a big thing here. So all of the, the used uh, hops, all of the used uh, barley and so on after they've made the beer they actually take them away and instead of composting them they're making crackers with them for us to put our hummus on So, and, and they taste delicious so, so it's about trying to find out where you can um, eliminate all the sources of wastage, all the sources of uh, carbon footprint and, and other wider environmental footprint uh, from that chain it's, it's really hard to answer that question in a really generic sense because it is very different if you're an insurance company to if you're a, um, a food producer. Of course, of course. Yeah, I, I understand. But um, I would say that the big picture or what I get from, from your answer is like, first of all, well, measure what's going on with you and uh, reduce your emissions. And when you cannot reduce anymore, that's one part of the puzzle. Then a... A offsetting then it's it's the next the next part of the puzzle yeah and the the other thing is um to bring fresh thinking in as well you know you if if you're um and the, this is for a lot of parts of business but if if you've run a business the way you've run it you actually don't know any different and it's a bit like walking around a hole you know uh in a floor you get so used to it that you forget it's there and somebody comes with fresh eyes who doesn't know anything about your business can say, hey, there's a hole there. Why don't you fix it? And you scratch your head and think, why didn't I think of that? You know, that seems obvious. Um, and we've run this process with university students, for example, in software and okay. said, hey, look, for example, how do we reduce our Amazon AWS hosting bill? Um, here's how our architecture is built in the background and we run like a hackathon and, and challenge and give them an incentive for a prize if, if some of those um, uh, software engineers can come up with a better structured way. And, and similarly in other businesses, you know, there's, there's lots of uni students that would love the opportunity to bring fresh thinking in and solve some of these problems. And they might say, you know, do you need this wrapped in plastic at all? Um, uh, you know, and supply, supply your apples to the supermarket without wrapping them first. And, and you say, oh, okay, I didn't think of that. Um, so that, that's another idea that, uh, that feeds the youth with, uh, with useful opportunities as well as um, sometimes solving big problems in business. 
that's 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 a good one. Uh, now, guys, uh, for those of you who are uh, live today here with us, uh, we will open up the question today uh, in a few minutes. So uh, you can start actually uh, typing there your questions and uh, Sina will select one of them and then she will jump in and she will moderate and be the voice of all you guys uh, and ask the questions today. So feel free to start posting there the questions. Uh, now, um, my my next question is regarding. I mean, I, I will be completely honest with you. We all you guys also uh, listening right now. I was not a big fan of offsetting, uh, and the reason why is because I didn't know so much about it. That's one thing, and I thought that that was not the real solution. Um, I was like very uh, drastic in that sense, you know, like black or white. And I was like, no, we need to reduce the emissions, you know, and like that offsetting crap is just, you know, like a, it's not a real solution. That that was my 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 take on that. Uh, and uh, well, Chris today is here. He he was uh, also a past guest of us here in the lunch club. And, and and once he told me like, dude, but that's there's just some things you know that we can not offset. You know, like you are using your computer, you're using electricity, you have a website. Like how you offset that? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a good question. You know, like how you reduce that? Well, by offsetting. So, uh, I, and then he sent me as well, you know, some research, some some really cool links. So thank you very much for that actually. And uh, I, I learned that actually offsetting is something important and something that we need to do. So um, can you maybe, you know, expand on this? What are the things uh, that normally a business can just not reduce anymore? And, and the way of setting then it's the alternative that, that we need to, to, to apply in uh, some sort in our life or in our business. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we are in a situation where we've um, trashed our planet and almost beyond uh, sustainability. And at and, and a selfish level as humans, we, we probably want the opportunity for our grandkids and, and future generations to enjoy this planet and for human population to continue on successfully because you know we if we get wiped out the planet will recover and things will rebalance it might take some years but it's at a fundamental level i think we've got a good thing going on. Uh, we, we've just done it at the cost of the living world around us and we need to bring that harmony and balance back. And so I don't think we can do this fast enough through reduction me measures. Mm. Um, we'll reach tipping points that we, we just um, can't, we can't afford to reach um, without offsetting coming in pretty urgently to replant these forests and re-sequester this carbon. Um, and, and also things like sustainable aviation fuels where they're repurposing uh, beef agriculture or synthetically producing aviation fuels and things um, and, and growing the crops that produce the oil instead of digging all this fossil fuel out of the ground. Um, yes, we should be flying less, but um, as, as humans, um, there, are, there are certain desires and needs and exploration wants that we have and connection wants that we have um, that, that mean that flying is going to be a part of our future. We don't have hydrogen planes yet and we're probably 10 years away from it. So um, it's, it's lesser impact to almost continue not on the same path in a reduced capacity uh, but offset in the short term while the technologies um, play catch up so that we can have a, a world that we all want to live in that's that's not damaging to the planet um, in the long term. So that's, that offsetting part is, is really necessary, but offsetting is a, a three-dimensional currency, right? So just offsetting um, with low-quality offsets doesn't necessarily mm. restore the planet at all. You know, planting monocrop pine, which has high fire loadings and, um, and it's not very resilient to climate change. Um, it's also attractive to forestry in the future and so on. Um, so you start testing covenants and things 100 years down the track, whereas a biodiversity rich uh, ecosystem, which sequesters more slowly, so it's more expensive, um, but some of these trees will sequester for a thousand years. Um, 
and it's not just sequestering carbon, it's producing oxygen off the back of it, um, which, which we all need, the whole world needs. Um, so you're, you're building these ecosystems back that future generations can connect with nature. It's creating ecotourism jobs. It's the next you know, famous, um, in, in 50 years or 100 years, these will be famous uh, um, hiking tracks that, that you can go through that uh, will tell a story from you know the generations that all of us in this room today are part of so so it's about that the whole big reset uh, for the future of humanity and the urgency that we need to do this requires offsetting to be a vital piece of it but good quality offsetting got it well, uh, I think that uh, we are ready with, uh, at least with my part, and now we will open up uh, the questions that uh, all you guys are asking. Uh, I, I, I already have a look, and there are like some very interesting questions for you, Dave. Uh, so, so we will go with that. Uh, just before, a little bit before jumping into that, guys, we will put here a link. Uh, if you can uh, give us... Uh, a hand with this it's just like three or four questions they are related as well uh, with how are you finding the um, the lunch club so we would love to hear about uh, your feedback about it or what things can we do better as well so we can really make sure that we are adding value to your businesses and to your life with this format uh, until now the, the feedback that we have received you know it's amazing but anyway we would like to hear as well what things as well we can improve so uh, if you can take like a minute uh, doing that uh, probably will not be more than that will help us a lot and i would be very very appreciated so uh Sina just put there the link and um uh, yeah thank you in advance actually for taking the time for doing that and now uh well Sina is the voice of the people and yeah, uh she, she would be the voice of all of you guys who were asking the question so welcome back Sina. yes uh yeah First of all, thank you, Dave, for the amazing interview. It was really interesting. And yeah, we have actually a few questions uh, from the people. And I also uh, have a few. So let's see if we can fit all of them in in the um, remaining time. But yeah, let's start with one from Chris. And he wants to know what are your thoughts on offsetting services like uh, ecology? I hope I pronounced it right. Yeah, I mean, they've... Um, uh, I, I, first of all, I think it's a fantastic rebrand from offset.earth, but... Um, which was what they were founded as, but they um, they publish a transparent um, uh, set of books around the uh, the end to end offsets, uh, which I really like. I think it's it's a good model, um, and we we need more businesses like uh, ecology uh, in in this world. There's there's a huge demand there, and not enough um, not enough people filling that demand at the moment. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. What What I will say is that I I, I think um, it's probably a matter of time before they do this, but there's no independent audit of it, um, mm -hmm. which is something that a lot of customers have come to us and said, "Hey, look, um, it, you know, we liked the model, but it's not been audited by anybody, so we don't still don't know if we can trust it or not." Mm -hmm. um, it, so there's nobody to audit the amount of funds coming in versus um, what they're publishing. So um, that, that's just one small tweak that if I were them, I'd be making to the platform and, and um, maybe I'll try and reach out to them and provide that feedback. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for uh, highlighting that. And I also really like what you just said, maybe reaching out to them and uh, share it with them because I think, uh, it's amazing in this like impact world uh, where we all have like the common goal to create a better place to also support uh, other businesses and support each other um, with valuable feedback to make uh, other businesses stronger and better. Yeah, I can see and, yeah. that here Chris said, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we have another question from Chris. Um, and he, he said that, I mean, you mentioned uh, about working on Shopify. But are other platforms supported as well? And there was like a second part of his question uh, in brackets where he said that he already spoke to Matilda and Paul from your team and about WordPress. And he was wondering whether he can help in other ways outside of development. Um, so the first, first part of that question, yes, uh, Magento and WooCommerce. We've just pushed um, WooCommerce live without launching it. Um, so it's actually on the platform now. 
but um, that's just in a test capacity uh, this week. And then um, assuming that the tests come back without any bugs, then we'll actually do a proper launch for WooCommerce. And then the week after that, Magento as well, or perhaps two weeks later, depending on whether any bugs come back or not. Um, and that's that. Uh, that'll cover over fifty percent of the world's e-commerce sites uh, by the time those two plugins go live. So, so we're not far away. And um, if if you do want to be an early adopter for that, um, we certainly appreciate having some friendlies to um, thrash it out, test everything, and um, give us any feedback on uh, improvement opportunities. Awesome. Um, yeah. Cool. Sorry. Second part of that question um, uh, was around development. Yes, that um, um, that he talked already with Matilda and Paul about WordPress and wonder whether uh, I can help in other ways outside of development. Um, whether whether Chris can help in other ways or. Yeah, but, but maybe I think this may, might be a good question also to uh, discuss maybe. Yeah, Conversation. He, he was asking that if it wasn't yeah. built, maybe he would be able to help with other development. Yeah. Ah, yeah, abs absolutely. We 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 were always um, happy to uh, see where where we can get some assistance from and uh, draw on ideas. I think WooCommerce is the um, predominant uh, e-commerce engine behind WordPress, but I might be wrong there. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have three more questions from Mike, but I would like to uh, put one of mine in between because I think sure. uh, it's also <laughs> really valuable for some of the people who listen. I know that at least one B Corp uh, is uh, or joined us today. And I remember from our pre-conversation that you said that um, B Corps actually, if, if they use your services, they have um, an advantage when it comes to uh, yeah the points. So they get some extra points in, in the assessment when they uh, work with you. Maybe you can clarify that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, B Corp's great because just about anything that you do that, that helps um, uh, reduce your impact or increase your reach uh, um, or increase uh, or anything that you do that uses your influence to do good. Um, all counts towards points for B Corp. So, for example, the staff offsetting tool, um, if you're um, subscribing all your staff to be carbon neutral, as well as the business might be offsetting and, and becoming carbon neutral, um, then that, you know, because you're not only going carbon neutral yourself, you're extending that reach out to your employees, then that's obviously a huge impact. Uh, and B Corp recognizes that. And similarly with your customers, when you're engaging your customers by, you might be relatively carbon neutral and just offsetting the freight on shipping your goods out, but just engaging customers uh, with a green button on your e-commerce site so that they can also participate in that sustainability journey. There's a bit of influence that carries forward with that, especially when the customer's getting an independent receipt and learning about the projects um, that, that you're really growing that reach that you have and, and B Corp recognizes uh, all of these uh, things that you do. So uh, we, can, we can certainly help, um, help you to supplement all of the other good things that you're doing in this space. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so yeah, we have a question now from Mike and he would like to know how you do the, cal how the calculations work in background and where the data comes from. Yeah, so, well, that's an interesting one, actually. With some industries and some products, it's really easy because the data exists and it's on um, uh, registries that we can access. And in the airlines, for example, there's a, a registry called ICAO, which um, aggregates all of the airline data, um, fuel data, and basically number of passengers per flight, um, amount of fuel per flight, and it and it averages out if flight yields are lower or flight uh, numbers are lower, like say it's 737s with only 80% average capacity versus 90%, then obviously it says that it's actually a higher fuel um, consumption on that route um, per seat than what would otherwise be normal for a 737 doing that amount of miles. 
um, so, so they take all of that clever data and aggregate it and we access that data. And there are different platforms like that for different products, shipping, freight around the world. But what we have to do for businesses that don't know this is we actually don't calculate it at all. And we say, right, instead of making it carbon neutral or offsetting the emissions of this product or of this shipping, um, we say you can click to make the product more climate friendly. And it becomes less about the exact calculation and more about the, the big theory in the background of the customer wants to just click a button with a round number like a dollar or two dollars and know that they're having some good impact and they just want to measure what they get for two dollars they don't actually care what the two dollars is calculated by they, they want to see what the two dollars does um, more than anything and and we had quite a bit of research around this from all of our customers um, that less than the price of a cup of coffee uh, but close to the price of a cup of coffee was seen as something that the customer felt was meaningful enough to make it worth doing, uh, but not cost prohibitive. And we have the most number of people with that round figure of $2 or two euros um, offsetting. So, and we're after the maximum impact to these projects. So um, it's, it's, the calculation becomes irrelevant in a lot of those, like clothing, for example, um, a lot of those industries. And in fact, for the uh, for our customers, the businesses, they don't want the customers getting confused by how the calculation is done at the point of sale because they don't want a distraction from the customer clicking buy. They want the customer to do something really simple that um, that doesn't interfere with the purchasing process. But in the background, the customer sees what they're getting for that one or two dollars for that click and they feel really good about it so it's a feedback loop that makes them want to support that business again the second time yeah makes sense makes sense thank you we, for are, we are working on artificial intelligence and machine learning around this but we're years away from being able to say hey i bought that watch online so from the supplier so therefore the footprint of it is xyz yeah, but as soon as we're going to be there, I think this will be really interesting as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we'll, we'll, that's the end goal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, another question from Mike. Um, he wants to know which projects you support and why, and um, what is the strategy and what do the consumers want? Yeah, so, so and it's always been a happy medium of, of impact versus what consumers want. Um, most consumers in most countries want something local to them. So we have different offset baskets um, that pick up regionally where the business is, and um, that will be at least 50% indigenous reforestation or indigenous forest conservation. And the other 50% of the offsets will be from high value clean energy projects around the world that deliver social outcomes um, and that could be water, it could be uh, solar hot water heating, or it could be um, wind power or, or even biogas or cook stove projects. Okay. Um, I think they gave a very clear and good picture of the, the projects you're supporting. Um, but probably um, if like the people you're interested in, they find more information on that on your website as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've probably got the most comprehensive offset selection methodology um, out of out of anybody in the world um, that we run each offsetting project through and we're happy to share that offsetting methodology with any of our uh, 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 others in the industry competitors or friends or um, any of our customers uh, we make that public cool so what makes it the best in the world just uh, I guess it's probably the most comprehensive. Um, we we want to deliver maximum value for every two dollars that goes through to to offset. So we make sure that they're on trusted registries like Gold Standard. Uh, we make sure that the auditors that have audited them uh, are trusted auditors that they haven't had um, um, dodgy audits. We look at the satellite imagery around the forestry to make sure that that stacks up on year by year, which is all available. Um, and if it looks like the biomass just doesn't stack up, we'll ask a few other questions. Are the satellite images out of date or can somebody on the ground give us a second opinion um, and some imagery around it? 
Um, and then we'll also run it through other organisations as well. We're trying to build a partnership at the moment with WWF um, to make sure that the animal and pest management behind it is promoting um, uh, ecosystem restoration beyond the plants. So it flows into the uh, fauna as well. Um, and we've got an independent um, auditor that looks at the social impacts as well, making sure it's not child labour planting the trees, taking them out of schools and things like that as well. So um, it's the only offsetting methodology that, that has about seven steps um, behind it and seven independent uh, people behind it. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I have one question from Melina and she uh, would like to know if there's a possibility to activate carbon tick on point of sale over the counter, so offline. Um, we've, we've done some basic testing with that with EPOS um, machines um, and we've talked to some of the point of sales uh, providers and we're probably away from that. It's probably something in another maybe nine months, maybe 12 months before that even starts to be rolled out. Uh, but we do we do offset some products like uh, in the wine industry, people that want to have a climate friendly product with the carbon clip badge on the side of it, um, including track and trace uh, capabilities for those products, um, which which seems to be an interim step that's that's working well. Mm, okay, so I can see there are a lot of things going on at the moment at carbon click so. Um, we have one um, question left, and I think it could be a good one for you to sum it up. And maybe um, you can also uh, mention where people can connect with you um, and also where they can follow you if they want to know what um, Carbon Click has um, to offer in the future. So the last question is for Mike again, and he would like to know what is the vision for the future and what else is planned? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, carbonclick.com is our website and um, we're, we're on all of the social media channels as well as you would probably imagine. Um, the, the vision for the future is to uh, play as much of a part as we can in the restoration of the planet through these, um, through funding these projects and actually bringing the value of carbon up and the pricing up to make these carbon projects accessible or economic as a way of life for, um, for, for struggling communities uh, so, that, so that we're restoring the whole communities at the same time as, as uh, restoring, the, um, uh, restoring the climate change issues um, that, that come from excessive carbon in our atmosphere. Um, and so, so long term, um, we probably see a, a five year plan to reach the maximum capacity we could reach uh, prior to being probably acquired by um, somebody like, like Amazon and, and having the influence um, of carbon clip brought into a, a huge problem in the world and a huge a problem is an opportunity as well, but um, we'd love to be able to influence somebody like Amazon to change their ways. And, um, and so, you know, five years time, that might be a, a valuable partnership opportunity or an acquisition opportunity to really get in there and um, have, have a, a fully sustainable end-to-end uh, -end life cycle of, of a, a terrible um, impact on our uh, environment type of business. Yeah. Well, uh, I Whoa, think- What an episode. Yeah. <laughs> to wrap it up and we're already a little bit over the time but yeah thank you so much for joining today and um yeah sharing all those insights was amazing and also for yeah answering all the questions were actually uh, quite a lot that came in now so you can see that people are definitely really interested in this topic um yeah thank you very much no problem and and happy for those questions to be fired through to um through to me as well um, you, you could just email Dave at carbonclick.com if you wanted and I'll, um, I'll try and answer those as best I can. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I, I just put also the, the website there for you guys. So if you're interested, you, then you can go and have a look on, on Carbon Click website. 
Uh, if you would like to be connected with, with Dave, well, he just gave you an email or you can also reach out to us and ask uh, for his contact details. We will be more than happy as well to make that match for you guys. And uh, well, Dave, it's one and a half in New Zealand. So thank you very much actually for staying so late uh, yeah. with us here in this side of the world in Europe. We are just starting the day still. And uh, uh, well, uh, for everyone who joined us today, thank you very much for joining us as well. And uh, yeah, see you in a couple of weeks in the next Lunch Club episode. And uh, well, that, that's it for, 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 for today. So thank you very much, everyone, for, for joining today. Thanks, awesome. everybody. Okay, bye-bye. welcome back that was it uh, i hope you enjoyed this episode and um yeah i hope you made a lot of notes and um, had some ideas on how you can implement it in your business and yeah i just want to invite you again to join us live next time for the next for changemakers lunch club as i already mentioned it's happening every two wednesdays 12 30 p.m central european time it's an amazing opportunity especially right now in the current global pandemic to yeah network to exchange with other um, social entrepreneurs just prepare yourself a meal a nice drink sit in front of your laptop relax and enjoy the show <laughs> and um yeah the amazing opportunity is that you can ask our quest uh, our guests questions yourself so don't miss this opportunity because it's really really valuable and if you decide to join us next time um, here you can sign up for changemakers.com slash lunch club and i wish you a lovely day